Welcome back to the latest episode of the CJ Tour Podcast. As always here, I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander. And on this episode of the CJ Tour Podcast, I'm joined in person by Patrick McDermott, the Texas alum and, of course, fellow big, huge football fan. Patrick, how's it going? It's going great. Uh, it's good to be back. Uh, appreciate the invite. Happy to talk about uh, some Big 12, some Super Bowl. We're going to run the gambit a little bit. But, uh, yeah, appreciate the invite back. We've got a lot to talk about for sure. And uh, yeah, it, good to be in person too. We're here in, in sunny Hermosa Beach and looking out the window can literally see the water. Uh, it's tough to beat. It's a gorgeous day. It, it is a gorgeous day. Definitely a good day to get outside here and uh, go run around a little bit later today as my plan usually is. But in the meantime, it is um, one heck of a great day to talk about the Super Bowl and about the Big 12 schedule release, which just happened last week. So Last week, Big 12 finally released the schedule uh, for the year. Did you have any immediate takeaways as far as the Texas schedule goes? I know the Oklahoma State schedule has got some very interesting quirks, but Texas schedule, what do you think immediately here? Well, there's some there's some new faces. That's mm-hmm. the biggest thing, and that and we'll talk about that. Um, you know, in the Big 12 as a whole, but. Some new faces on the schedule. Um, we're, we're not used to seeing uh, BYU, for example. Um, the last time Texas played BYU was actually my freshman year. I was there when Taysom Hill destroyed us. I, I think it was 41 to 7 or something like that. So um, by occasional NFL starting quarterback, Taysom Hill. Um, so we're, that'll be a nice little revenge game. Um, I, I think I think it's a pretty weak home schedule. I think that was the biggest takeaway for most of kind of Texas Texas faithful is, man, it's going to be it might be a long season for for season ticket holders. I think that BYU game has got to be the highlight probably. I mean, the other games at home I think are are Kansas State. Um, I've got the schedule up here. Uh, you're one step ahead of me, but um, yeah, we've got Rice, we've got Wyoming, uh, we've got Bama on the road. We've got, and then we've got Kansas, BYU, Kansas State, and Texas Tech at home. So it is definitely a weak home schedule. Obviously, OU is going to be every year, but um, it's never a bad year for football. Um, I don't live in Austin, so I wouldn't be going to many of these games anyway, but uh, this is, it is tough. It's it's tough to see a a light home schedule. Hopefully our our last, last year in the big, or in the, uh, yeah, in the big 12 will be a little better, but it is what it is. All we got to do is win the games in front of us. Yeah, I mean, are you are you happy with the teams that you drew out of this? Because now, of course, Big 12, just to catch everyone up in case you haven't known, is without any new four teams, it's a big 14 for at least this year for sure. Next year, it seems like for sure too, but TBD. And so are you happy with the teams that you drew out of these these four? Um, yes, but I, I don't like the games we lost. I mean, obviously we don't, we don't play OSU, which is big for this podcast, but, um, yeah, replacing, replacing a couple teams there with Houston and, and BYU. I'm eyeballing it right now. Uh, looks like West Virginia is the other game we lost the other, the other opponent we lost from the original. So that's, 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 you know, OSU is a, is a bigger loss there for sure. As far as a schedule, but, um, you know, we still have TCU on the road, obviously they're, they're coming off a, a season where they kind of wrecked the big 12, they set the pace. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I'm disappointed. I mean, we, OSU and Texas have had some tough games, some, some, some big games in the past. And, uh, as you said, I think next year is going to be the official, 
next next season as in 2024 will be mm-hmm. the last one in the big 12 so um hopefully they hopefully we get a, a nice little uh send off there with the cowboys yeah well i want to ask you this too from from my perspective oklahoma state plays the the four teams here we play all four new teams yeah we 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 have to go to arizona state but the non-conference is I mean yeah, Central Arkansas should be a cakewalk, of course. University of South Alabama, aka USA. Like, I don't know. They could give us some trouble just because, like, brand new quarterback, and they're not they're not the cupcake of cupcakes. Is the best way to say it, I'd say. But then we play the we play all four new teams. You know, what did that happen? What that is just that, seems that odd normal? to me. No, yeah, that I just mean, seems odd to me because the only team that we play that is like, oh, okay, you know, well, well, we're gonna play this team that's like, all right, we're we give up the ability to play Texas like okay come on you know like what's the hat what's the deal and for so many recruits that just come out of the state of Texas for every single big 12 school I'm not you know I mean every single every single college has so many guys coming out of the state of Texas I think it hurts us from that aspect of like guys who you normally go oh cool like I get to like see my family at least you know or whatever at these games and that's kind of an added incentive of why I play in the big 12 and now it's okay. Well, you don't play Texas, you don't play Texas Tech, you don't play TCU, and you don't play Baylor. Like you guys go from playing the the regular gauntlet to not playing two teams. We go from playing the regular gauntlet to not playing four teams because we play all four brand new. And the only one that we do play that's south of the Red River is Houston. So, but with that with that said, obviously you guys are still going to play OU, right? You know, for the right, time yeah. being. But but does that help OSU? Because at this point. They, they have a much better chance of running the table with the current schedule. Let's be honest. I mean, if you, you replace TCU, for example, with, you know, UCF or, you know, I mean, that's, right. that, that's a, that's a much easier schedule. And I mean, if, if that gives OSU a better chance to run the table and therefore make the playoff, because I do think an, an undefeated big 12 team will make the playoff as we saw with, with TCU. I mean, this year, but you know, they were even a one loss big 12 team at the end still made the playoff, but that may be more of a quirk of this year. I think more like from a bird's eye view of the big 12, I, I do think last year was big. Like I think a lot of people looked at TCU and, and said, this is, this is really fluky for them to be undefeated. Um, which I think it was at times it totally was, but it did, it, it probably instilled some confidence maybe in the committee that like a big 12 team can compete, cannot compete with Georgia. Let's be clear. Not Absolutely at all. Not, not whatsoever. Yeah. Cannot complete no, no anywhere there. close to Georgia, yeah. but can compete with the other, with the other powerhouses of the conferences. So yeah, I mean, it's, it makes the big 12 better on paper. So then if, if OSU can kind of sneak through with an easier schedule, I don't think it's the worst thing. I, I will say I'm very skeptical that we will have a team this year that wins the big 12 or comes anywhere close to that. Just from the guys we have returning from the, basically coaching staff. I mean, the fact that we went seven and six, we went seven and one to start out the season and then end the season seven and six. That's just not at all what you want it to look like, right? So from that, and then we have a bunch of roster changes in the off season where quarterback who led us to be seven and one, all of a sudden, you know, he transfers out, plenty of wide receivers transfer out, et cetera, et cetera, as well too. Where'd he end up again? He ended up at uh, Ole Miss. Oh, he did? Yeah, Spencer mm-hmm. Sanders ended up uh, at Ole Miss. Forgot about that. Uh, very crowded quarterback room there for a variety of reasons, but 
the the Oklahoma State schedule I hear I think I think you're right I think it is an easier schedule like we I'd much rather play UCF than Texas I I feel better about that game right I feel better about playing West Virginia than I do about playing TCU for the same standpoint right too you know at the end of the day but Houston Dana Holgerson like they'll give he'll give Gundy some fits he's a former guy on the OSU staff. BYU, this is the last game of the season being away. Like, ah, that's never going to make me feel good going into Provo in November 25th. Like, that's just, uh, that's, or excuse me, that's at home. But, you know, basically having, you know, going to West Virginia in October, like, there's just several games here that are going to make me go, oh, you know what? Like, what the heck? And honestly, we can get to the game by game breakdown here in a second as well, too. But, like, our bye week is. Basically, our fifth uh, fifth week of the season, our the bye week for Oklahoma State, and the bye week for a lot of call like a lot of schools, the Big Twelve is like the fifth or sixth week. I will say, it can't be too late in the season, but it's just it's not, it's not hitting us where I'd wanted to hit us, you know, uh, so to say. Like I'd rather have the bye week later, halfway through the season, line it up perfectly, type of deal, you know, six games in, have a bye week, that type of stuff, which is something that weirdly enough, KU and Iowa State get to benefit from. But yeah, I'm. I'm very skeptical that we'll have a great season this year, no matter what. And that's why I think it's weird that, all right, like, why not? Why not have Oklahoma State, the team that's staying, get to play all of the, you know, teams they normally do, or at least two of them, and then have Texas and OU play the teams that are, I mean, you guys aren't going to play, you know, you're not going to have a home and home with UCF in three years, right? So, like, why not, yeah, you know, have you guys play them now, get that extra TV money out of, Texas being on the Longhorn Network and all type of stuff, playing Houston, UCF, where you know you'll have an audience no matter what, versus having Oklahoma State playing, where it's just not, I would wish it was the same TV draw, but as an Oklahoma State fan, I know it's not. Well, you know, I mean, you don't have to say that, but I appreciate it. I mean, te- Texas is a big I mean, draw. I know Texas is a huge also, draw. It's a huge national brand. I wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't be too sure that, um, I mean, this might be better for OSU in the long run because it's basically just moving up the timeline of, of getting these people off your schedule. I mean, the biggest, uh, the, the best thing that can happen to, to OSU is these new teams really overperform and OSU still manages to beat them. Yeah. Like that's, that's the best thing that can happen. And rather than kind of think about it, like game by game on the schedule this far out, like it's easy to just look at a bird's eye view sort of, um, of the team and go, who can, who can make, <laughs> like who can make noise here? And I think, I think TCU is that team on paper, like coming in where it's like, they, they have, they have boom potential, you know, like they have, um, you know, with, with dug in, like, I agree with you. I don't necessarily see that from, from OSU this year. I don't necessarily see it from Texas this year. I, I, I've learned my lesson, you know, <laughs> to temper expectations. I think Texas had a decent year. I think we're moving in the right direction. Obviously, Arch Manning showing up, you know, that's going to make things really interesting on the national scene. But, um, you know, there, there's reasons to be optimistic for sure. But I am way past sort of proclaiming Texas to ever be back until we are holding a trophy. You don't think Texas go at 11 and 1 this year? No. And lose to Oklahoma State? I do not. Okay. Just I just wanted to ask. Absolutely not. Yeah. And I am not at this time ready to give an official prediction no, for, no. For, for Texas football. But I would I would envision us in the 9 and 3 realm. I think that's that's just looking at the schedule feels like we're going to drop a few games, but would happy to be, would be happy to be proven wrong. Of course. Of course. I, I got to say with the Oklahoma state schedule, the, the big 12 teams we are playing are 
cakewash cakewalk-ish comparatively. We are not playing Baylor, who, yeah, yeah, I know they weren't great last year, but Dave Aranda's a really good head coach. He's going to figure it out with that program year over year. Uh, we're not playing TCU, of course, who played the National Championship last year. We're not playing Texas, who, I mean, we have a better record against Texas in the past 10 years than we do, you know, we're over 500 in that record. But still, I'd rather play Texas at home every single chance I can versus playing away, and this would be our turn to play them away. And so that's nice that we're not doing that either. And, yeah, the OU ones, like, sucks that OU's still on our schedule here. But Texas Tech is the fourth team that we're not playing, and I, I think Tech will be kind of good. Is I, OU good? I think good? they'll be all right. And, 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 and we're biased for sure, but is OU good? They're decent. They're dangerous for sure. They're, so so here's here to be the biggest difference if anyone's looking on like mentality-wise of how an OU fan looks at Texas versus an OU fan looks at Oklahoma State. It's because Oklahoma State, I'm scared to play OU every year. No matter what, I mean, we, the year we won 44-10 to 10 and won the Big 12, that was such a, oh my gosh, we really did prove ourselves here when it was the entire time, will we be able to do so? Last year going to that game, it was, all right, well, we should we should beat OU. You know, I mean, we, we should, but we probably won't, you know, type of deal. And OU never is going to make me feel like, oh, they're an easy team to play. But Texas, I feel like every time you guys play them, it's at least a 50-50. Maybe, I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe, it's, maybe, this, maybe the pendulum swings a little bit toward, closer towards OU when they have a Heisman Trophy kind of quarterback. But then you guys every so often have a Heisman Trophy type of quarterback too. So and and you can knock them off. How many times did Sam Ellinger beat OU? One right? time. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's just, but it's that's that's one more time that Spencer Sanders. Uh, that's the same out Spencer Sanders did, but it's one more time than um than several other Oklahoma State quarterbacks you know have right like Zach Robinson of Oklahoma State fame didn't beat. I don't I don't think he ever beat OU. Can't remember he did. I mean uh, we did beat them forty nine to zero last year. That was incredible. People forget about that. Yeah. Like that's, that is by far the biggest achievement of the year. Uh, a lot of people were the, one of the, uh, one of the like Longhorn fan accounts did a giant bracket or something of like the, the best, you know, UT sporting moments of the year. And there was big stuff on there. Like there was, uh, there was Melendez winning the golden spikes, you know, for, for baseball, volleyball won the natty for Texas, but like Texas fans voted like their favorite sporting moment of the year, 49 to nothing over OU. And I, I don't disagree. Like that is, that is an awesome feeling that we don't get very much. And did OU have an off year? Absolutely. But that game, like you say, is so close to 50, 50 every year, as far as, as far as who can win, you know, anybody can win that game. Doesn't matter. So it would have been extremely like Texas. It would have been very in character for Texas to blow a game against a below average OU team in a year. We should definitely beat them. And instead we went out, took care of business. It's a great feeling. Uh, Gotta be. I, the annoyance I have with the OU fan base and the OU fans is largely the fact that we just can't beat them and we can't beat them like in any consistent type of fashion. Now OU has not been bad at football pretty much ever. The years that we have beat OU or the years that they are down and they're not doing the greatest. It's not like Oklahoma State's knocking off OU on their way to the title, you know, type of years. But at the same it point. It feels good, doesn't it? It feels it, great. It feels oh, great for yeah. OU to suck. Yeah. It feels great. It's one of those, I I got to say, I can't wait for OU to join the SEC because I want to see OU have to consistently go up against guys who are the same recruiting level as SEC recruits every single year. Because I just... 
you and I both know Big 12 recruits versus SEC recruits is just a whole different ball game. Will Brent Venables and that OU defense be able to stop the high flying, you know, offenses that we see in the SEC of, you know, Lane Kiffin and stuff? But I would guess not. I would not put my money on that they would be able to pull it off. I'd put my money on that they won't. But I don't know whether they will or they won't. I really don't. I don't know whether Texas will. I don't know what's going to happen. But I do know 49 0. 49 0 in 2022, nothing to sneeze at. That's very, very true. I feel like K State fans are telling me the same thing right now, too. It's like, you know, they beat us 48 nothing last year. And that's just not a fun day to have a, a football game. Like, you, you never want to lose like that. Yeah, but then again, Big 12 champion K State. But then again, yeah, that's what I would follow up with is that, okay, but K State won the Big 12. They were again, better against, yeah, better against TCU than TCU was day, against them on that day. Yep. And so the the other things I think about when I look at the schedule here as well is that, okay, you know, it's great. Like we get to go, you know, we get to have Cincinnati at home. We get to have BYU at home. But going to UCF and then Houston in back-to-back weeks, not that that's really that far of a travel distance. I mean, we're going to fly. It's just not not a huge deal at the end of the day. But also having like West Virginia on the road, that's not an easy place to travel to. Also having Ames, Iowa is just not an easy, like, I wonder yeah, if Oklahoma State with- is traveling the most out of any team in the Big 12. I'm sure there's somebody else who plays West Virginia, UCF, and BYU, but I don't know if they play anyone else plays them all away. Whatever happened to Iowa State? Because they were bad, bad this year. They were bad. They were four and eight, I think. I'd have to look it up. I, I'm, I'm Brock look it up Purdy right was just secretly just saving the whole team. Yeah, did they did they just have their perfect storm of perfect players in Matt Campbell's system for like right. two years there? And really one year there, they were really good. And then the next year they were supposed to be really good again. And then Brock Purdy was okay his final year. But I don't know. I mean, Matt Campbell was was in every discussion for every big job that was coming open like a couple years ago. And now it's like he's it's tough. It's tough to go again. I'm, I, I, I need to look this up. In fact, I'm, I'm halfway there. <laughs> the uh, yeah, Iowa State. Yeah, they went four and eight like that's that's not good. It's tough to go four and eight in the Big 12 at Iowa State, especially after winning nine, 10 games like <sighs> Matt Campbell's in some trouble, I think. Do, do you think he's on the hot seat? I mean, if he has a six and six year this year, if he doesn't it, make a bowl uh, game this year, he uh, maybe, yeah. Would he be fired? Maybe not. I don't know. But, but I mean, if he, if he starts out like four and, you know, four and five or something, it's like, dude, you can't really salvage this. I don't know. I really don't know. Cause I think he's a great coach. I think he's a great coach. Like I was, I was totally bought in and I actually thought he was a, he was a much bigger asset than his players. Like I'm, I, I kind of like Brock Purdy now. Like I like the playoff story he had a really cool run, you know, six and oh, whatever. Um, but Matt Campbell was always the, the most interesting part of that Iowa state football program for me. And that was a down year. Teams have down years though. Well, and, th- and this year, Iowa state doesn't draw it any easier than anyone else. They play, they do play Oklahoma State at home in the Big 12, but they go to OU, TCU at home, Cincinnati away, BYU, uh, excuse me, B, you know, Baylor away, KU home, BYU away, Texas at home, and then K-State. Like, yeah, Iowa State is not 
the easier teams to play in the Big 12, I got to think. If we're ranking the Big 12 teams, maybe that's the exercise we could do here, though, is that I think there's probably like three to four tiers of teams in the Big 12. There's the aspirational teams of, okay, hopefully we'll have a good year. Then there's the, we think we could make a, make some noise. Then there's the dark horse Big 12 title contenders. And then there's the Big 12 title contenders, right? Like, all right. I think Oklahoma State's in that dark horse Big 12 because Alan Bowman, who knows? He could light it on fire. He could not. I'm not going to count him out until I see a game. Like, Oklahoma State's going to be the hardest team for me to do a Big 12 preview of game-by-game record-wise because it just is. Who knows what we're going to see at the end of the day? Who knows? We're bringing in tight ends. There's new personnel. There's new schemes involved. It's not going to be a pass-happy team anymore, it seems. But Oklahoma State, I think, would be in that dark horse or hopefully make some noise. Yeah, somewhere in there, right? Where do you see like Iowa State? Because I I see them honestly after last year as like maybe doing a little bit of something or just having a having a happy year, you know, at the end of the year, which is just really a nice way of saying not doing much at all. I mean, they I think they should make a bowl game. Yeah, like, okay. I think they're a bowl team. I mean, but it, but it's hard for me to look at Iowa State and go, this is a program that can make any noise at all. I mean, you you had to believe that was a possibility. Like that, that TCU, I know I keep coming back to TCU, but they did kind of define the big 12, like, like they won a playoff game. Like that, that's the first, first time that's happened. So, uh, for the big 12, at least. So, um, I, I mean, I, I really don't think so. I don't, I don't see Iowa state making any noise. Obviously, you know, this is going to be an old takes exposed if they, if they win the big 12, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's tough. It's always, Texas has had trouble in Iowa, like in Ames in the past, um, in like weird games, you know, we, we had like a Friday night or a Thursday night game a couple of years ago that we lost like that. That was, that was tough, but, um, it's hard for me to be afraid of Iowa state at this point. Yeah. A team that's going four and eight and then coming in the next season without a huge transfer quarterback in or a huge deal coming in. I'm with you. I, I don't see a bunch of Matt Campbell hype coming into this offseason. I think it's a little weird that he didn't move when he could have, that he rumored he could have moved to a different college, you know, probably would have been year. two years ago, but yeah, yeah. but would have been, you know, here before coming out of the pandemic year. I think mm-hmm. that that's probably when his, his stock was highest, I would say. Yeah. But a lot of people like tech this year. We haven't, we haven't talked much about tech, but um, I think Texas is, or te- tech is someone whose win total you could see up around like eight or something when that eventually comes out. Like, um, their their coach is is looking nice. I mean, they gave teams some trouble this year. I, I think I think Tech could could possibly make some noise if they might end up in that second tier you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've got your top two, three contenders. I think Tech could be a dark horse, maybe maybe to make the Big Twelve championship game. Like maybe that would be, you know, maybe like a K State of this year. You know, somebody that, that you don't really want to play because they are they are kind of dangerous. For sure. I the, the tech schedule here, their non-conference is very interesting. They go to Wyoming, but then they have Oregon at home. Great game. I mean, just an well, insane no, deal. Like, yeah. Oregon has to go to Lubbock? What kind of situation were they They're pulling that out Oregon of? That's crazy. Oh, that's yeah. Awesome. yeah. That's great for them. Uh, I would much rather, of course, host Oregon than go away. Then I think Oklahoma State, we play Oregon before too long here in non-conference as well. Upcoming seasons, but... Then they play, I mean, they only play two of the new schools as well. Here they play Houston, and then they play UCF. Oh, excuse me, they play three. They play uh, BYU as well. So, 
that BYU just Y symbol just does trip me up a little bit here. I can't <laughs> lie. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's not, it doesn't say BYU in it or say B. Yeah, that's, all. so that is, uh, it looks like week two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Texas, Texas Tech, uh, Texas Tech, Oregon. That's a good one. That's, that's one to circle, I think. Like that's a, that's a fun non-conference matchup too. That, that feels like, um, I don't think they actually have, but it feels like, it feels like a great bowl game. Oregon and tech. Like you could see them matching up in like a holiday bowl or something and, and it being like 45 to 51 or something. Yeah. And I'll be, I'll, I'll be watching that game for sure. And when I look through tech schedule here, see who they have to go play against away. They have TCU at home. Grant's a weird Thursday game. Do we? I uh, know Texas tech. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Texas tech has TCU at home, but on a Thursday, weirdly enough, then they also have UCF at home. They have KC at home and Houston at home. They have a tough, they have a tough schedule away, I will say. They have to go to Texas, of course, and they play them on a Friday. And then they have to go to BYU and to Baylor. Those are not and and West Virginia, I don't know if West Virginia will be good or bad or make any noise or whatsoever. I don't think they'll be good, but going to Morgantown's not not fun, you know, is you and I both have learned here. Oklahoma State's beaten West Virginia numerous amount of times, but I mean the David Sills game, I'm sure, is not something that you want to just rehash, you know, and memorize your whole entire game over and over. And it's just it's not fun playing West Virginia. It can be a rough deal. So I, I'm curious how Texas Tech will shape up here at the end of the day. I mean they they play the two Big Twelve teams that made the best deal last year in K State and TCU. And that's that's not an easy schedule to draw. And then you've got Texas who I'd be willing to say here is mm, Heisman Trophy front runner. No. Who do you think? Who's? Yours? I. Uh, no. Why not? That's way too much hype. Why? Way too much hype. He was getting that type of Heisman Trophy type of nods and dark horse stuff like sure. that last year. Why yeah, is he not he now? Well, but but why is he not getting? I mean, I. I, I mean, think, I believe in the mullet. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I, I believe in Quinn Ewers, but he hasn't done anything to earn preseason Heisman Heisman hype. I mean, except on paper, like it would all be because of his recruit, you know, rating and all the hype in that regard. And I mean, people are going to talk about Arch Manning just as much. Honestly, if, if anything, if anything really steps up Ewers game, it's going to be Arch Manning competing for a job, which he 100% will be trying to do. Like, I don't think there is any kind of, I, I believe it's an open quarterback competition and i think it should be like if arch manning wants to come to texas and be a four-year starter let him try now that being said if we get through camp and sark says hey uh we're actually redshirting arch you know this was the plan from the beginning he knew that when he came here he might even he might not even say that much if that happens but i'd be fine with that too i'd say okay cool they they did their evaluations arch is not ready cool good enough for me arch is not ready Let's go with Quinn, knowing there's somebody on his tail. Let's see. It's a win-win. It's a win-win, I think. Like, I can't waste time being stressed about Texas being good or not good. I'm just excited to see what happens. Because like I said, my expectations are completely as low as they can be. Because anytime on paper we're supposed to go 10-2, and 11-1, and it tends to be eight wins tops. Mm. So here we are. I mean... Texas is going to have a high win total preseason as well. Like I wouldn't be surprised if it was like nine and a half or 10. I wouldn't be surprised by that either. I mean, the, the non-conference points you guys have is 
crazy. You play at Alabama this year, and then you've yeah, got we, Rice and Wyoming at home. I yeah, mean, we play Bama on the road, sandwiched between Rice and Wyoming. Yeah, I mean, really a true measuring stick there. For th- three games, you might be going, you might be feeling amazing. You might be going, oh my gosh, shoot me now. Well, we might have we might have two fifty-five to ten wins, and then one like twenty-seven, twenty-six game, one way or the other. <laughs> you know, that's that is. And which is basically where we were this time last year. That's very like, true. Like, I mean, and, and this is an this Alabama time, team but at that time last year. Yeah. And this Alabama team that is losing their best their best player on their team from last year, arguably. I mean, their offense. I mean, they're they're. I mean, they're their best quarterback. Well, that Bri- we've Bryce seen Young a little bit. Will Anderson. Yeah. I mean, Will Anderson. He he had a little bit of a not a down year, but I mean, people were talking about him for like a Heisman. You know, a a defensive player crashing the Heisman party. You know. That comes along every few years. You've got like a, I, th- I think the Honey Badger. I think Matthew mm-hmm. was a preseason Heisman, like <laughs> you know. Yeah, before he got like kicked off the team or something from LSU. But, but yeah, it was just yeah, bizarre. Yeah. And you so had like Manti uh, Teo. Like Manti Teo was one of those guys. But gosh, who's the high state guy who now plays for uh, Washington Commanders? Who I can't think of off the top of my head. Who finished top position? three in defensive end? Who or oh, defensive, Chase Young? Yeah, he yeah. he also was up there in the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Totally. Right, right as well. we'll so see. I mean, because yeah. either way, Will Anderson. I mean, he'll he'll absolutely be an NFL player. Like Bama will miss him, but they they don't rebuild. <clears throat> Excuse me, they don't rebuild. They reload. Like that's that's what they say, and it's true. And yeah, Bama's going to be fine. Like that's that's never not going to be a big game. Like in Bama, like especially what happened last year with Ewers getting injured. You know, backup quarterback still only losing by one questionable calls all over the place. Like, I mean, that's, I think Texas Bama might once again be the biggest non-conference game of the year. Like in the like nationwide. It's going to be massive. It, it might be because honestly, I'm looking through the rest of the Big 12. The rest of the Big 12, really no one played. I mean, the, the Texas Tech, Oregon game. That's cool. And then Oklahoma State playing Arizona State are really the only other, and then West Virginia playing Penn State are the only other like power five matchups here for power five you know in the big 12 where there's two power five teams oh and excuse me i i did forget k-state is playing missouri as well so you know no that yeah that's not really a thing i mean i mean i'm I'm trying to say like i hear all the power five teams playing each other like tcu plays colorado like am i mentioning that really i don't know deon sanders Sanders. eh, you know whatever brought all his players over brought his son and everyone else you you know we might be sitting here about week five going hey uh Anybody notice uh, Colorado over here? <laughs> I, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Well, we'll it'll be a hard time to figure it out here. But at the end of the day, man, uh, I, I do think that Texas-Alabama game will be, I mean, I think in Tuscaloosa it'll be college game day. It'll be the biggest deal because, why, one, why not? Two, Alabama's going to cakewalk if they play week one. I can't even, fi- I, I don't know who it is off the top of my head. I can figure it out here, of course, real quick. But week two, it's Texas. Like, it's the two Texas is going to be, in my mind, one of the biggest brands in college football for forever. Like, sure. it's just, that's never going away. The history, the Matthew McConaughey vibes, the, you know, everything else that comes with it, that's not going away anytime soon. So, you know, Texas, Alabama, you've got yeah. two huge, two top five brands in college football and arguably two top two. I'll give a little Drake quote here. I mean, you could tell me Texas is the second best, you know, brand in college football and it's not two. There you go. You know, I mean, you there really you could. Most recognizable. I would be curious to see here from listeners and I'll throw up a poll on, on Twitter here. I want to release Thank the podcast, you, yes. of course, but 
who's the most recognizable college brand in college football? It's a college three times there, but still, yeah. Who who is it at the end of the day? It'd be it's a fun it's a fun thing to think about and talk about. I would guess there'd be a lot of people from how my podcast is skewed that would go Michigan or Ohio State because I have the friends in Detroit and areas of the country, and then there'd be some Pac-12 fans who'd chime in from the San Diego Times as well too, saying you know an SC or L UCLA or whatever. But now Texas and Alabama are the one A and one B, and it depends on how you put it. That's so, very kind of you. Yes. Well, I mean, however, it is true. But I, I, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm trying to give you a lot of props for something that's not true. Here's what I'll say: I, I think Austin is going to be a great place for college football for years to come, and I, and I think that's going to be with Sarkeesian or not with Sarkeesian, but the investment is there in Texas, the University of Texas being a an absolute hub for college football. There's like everything is going to scream Texas football coming out of Austin for like the next 10 years, whether that's because it's the most epic failure and most mismanaged, you know, situation we've ever seen, or it's all going to work and Texas is going to take their place with the SEC big boys. One of those two things is going to happen. We're not going to stay in mediocrity like this. You know, this we're, we're gonna, we're either gonna, it's going to keep not working. We're going to get rid of Sark and we're going to, we're going to, all holds barred, go get somebody like Saban or somebody like, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to say, okay, this can't possibly not work. Or we stay at the current course, Steve Sarkeesian wins a million games and we just, we, we enter the SEC ready to win championships. We'll see. But, but you're right. Austin is going to be the name brand. That's going to be, it's booming. You know, the amount of money going through the state of Texas and specifically through the city of Austin right now as just an influx of people moving there is incredible. And that's only going to help Texas get better recruits through NIL deals and better influence across the country and, and, you know, and guys moving there, too, and wanting to play, you know, wanting to play, basically. You know, why would and I've been to Austin in the middle of October? Why wouldn't I want to play ball there? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's 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 not still Oklahoma. And it's not a homey college town where it's a college, college town. But then again, it's Austin, Texas. So yeah, to any recruits listening, this is, you know, this is all you need to hear. This is all you need to hear. Austin is great. If you like you know, big cities where there's not an NBA team or an NFL team or a college base, you know, or a baseball be the team center or whatever. Of attention, dude. Yeah. Like if you want to play at a college that is really known for Matthew McConaughey, go to Texas. If you're yeah. like if you're like the biggest Matt McConaughey fan ever, Austin, Texas. Or if sign you're a big up. fan of money. I mean, guys are More going money. to Texas getting getting giant NIL deals. You saw Bijan Robinson driving around a Lamborghini, you know, got his own signature mustard. Like guys go guys have fun in Austin. Guys have fun I, in I don't, Austin. I don't doubt they do, but if you're if you're a fan of uh country roads and you wanna you wanna they be you wanna be yeah. the name in a city, like the name solely, come to Oklahoma State. Oh. You could run Oklahoma State if you are a five-star recruit. You'd be the first five-star recruit to ever come to Oklahoma State. That that the fact that that is not the name selling point here of Oklahoma State. Be the first and Bobby Reed might have been an actually five-star recruit. More I think about it that we got at one point, but yeah, there's always you can always go up at Oklahoma State. You can always get a better recruit because no one's topped <laughs> out that. We've never gotten a Quinn Ewers or an Archie Manning. Oh, I yeah. love it. Yeah. So uh, I'm saying you, you like the underdog, but you want to also be like the guy on the roster that gets paid, you know, half a mil a year. Come to Oklahoma State. 
I'm not I'm not saying you're gonna be driving a land around a Lambo, but I know those Stillwater roads like the back of my hand. You don't want to be driving a Lambo in Stillwater, Oklahoma. You want to be driving an F-150 or an F-350 that's lifted like to no other, so you don't have to worry about those roads. So there you go. With that being said, here, selling point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, there's 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 ways you can sell both of them either way, right? Um, who do you, who do you think here as we kind of like try to try to segue in? I want to ask you just one more question on the Big 12 schedule. Who do you think the top two teams? Do you see like, you know, I mean, right now we got, you know, we got a Texas Tech quarterback and an OU quarterback playing in, you know, the Super Bowl this weekend, right? So two, but only one of them actually made it to a Big 12 championship. But who do you think are the two teams this year that if you had to, and I'm just guessing, this is not an official preview or anything like that. Go just going to the schedule, but who do you think is going to go to the Big 12 championship this year? Um, I think I'd be crazy not to pick Texas to be there. I mean, whether or not we win, who even knows? Um, but I, I, it's easy. It's easy to pick this every year. It's kind of hard not to pick it every year. Like Texas and OU just on paper seem like they should be there. And I mean, OU, like I said, I, <laughs> it was nice to see OU have a down year and have an actually down year. Like they, they were not good. Um, they didn't look good. So, so, but, I, but I think the, the infrastructure is there way more than any of these other programs out of the, out of the new, you know, the new kids in town, Cincinnati is cool. You know, they, they did lose Luke fickle, but we'll, we'll see how they can sort of pick that up. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with, with Texas and OU, obviously T TCU might be in the mix. Um, you know, they'll be breaking in a new quarterback, um, or is Duggan back? No, he's, he's, he's gone. He's, he's gone. gone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He played in the senior bowl at the Rick's senior bowl. And the funniest part but from that whole deal was that he played and he played sat. They played Malik Cunningham for a couple of snaps. Malik Cunningham immediately throws an interception when he gets a little, some pressure and gets kind of hit in the, hit in the pocket. And then Cunningham, I believe hurt himself somehow trying to tackle the guy who ran was running the pickback. And then Duggan goes, what? Cause he's being interviewed during the entire segment. This happens. And then he goes, Oh, I'm back in then. Okay. Because, of course, he's got, you know, defense to score a touchdown. He's right back in on offense. So, dang. Yeah, I, not, not great timing. I, I do want to agree. I think that unless there is some dark horse type of deal where, you know, I, I, I'm going to go a little off script here. And I'm just going to say I think it's K-State and Texas are the two. Just because I do think K-State brings back Will Anderson. You got his name right? Will Anderson's the Bama guy. Uh, Will Ander- uh, yeah, Will Anderson's. No, but it's. K-State QB here, who just absolutely lit up Oklahoma State like no other. Adrian Martinez coming back? I don't know if he is or not, but Will Will Howard. Yeah. Will Howard. Will Howard demolished Oklahoma State. That was the reason why they won 48-0. Oklahoma State was playing playing an Adrian Martinez team that had not done much, right? Texas beat, you know, Adrian Martinez, right, at the end of the day. So... And Oklahoma State to beat Texas, and I thought by all those laws and properties of calculations here, that would mean something good for Oklahoma State, but it did not. And we'd have a uh, we'd have a win, another win, I guess, and rack them up, but we did not, unfortunately. And yeah, Will Howard, it looked like the real deal. So I'm going to say it's I'm going to say it's Texas and K State, honestly, because one, I can never pick OU to win. I just it, it pains me a little bit inside seeing that sooner color red. And two, more or less here is that. Texas has the best and second best quarterback in the Big 12 on its depth chart from a recruiting ratings perspective that, solely that is true. solely from recruiting rankings perspective. Now one of them is 18 years old and has played 
really interesting high school levels of competition that is TBD on if it's the greatest high school competition or one of the greatest high school competition. I mean, some he's, people are saying he hasn't faced good competition. And not I'm me. No, I'm, I'm not I, saying that. I, I may be hinting at that here. Some people are saying that. But I think it's a I think it's a fun deal to to look at. And I do think K State, they bring back a lot of guys. Yeah, they don't bring back Deuce Vaughn, but they'll figure it out. And yeah. Will Will Howard and that K State team will look really, really good. And then I have to figure that Quinn Ewers and Sark in year two, with the guys Texas has just on the roster, period. It's just amazing players recruits doing as well as they did last year too, with a Quinn Ewers who was just up and down health wise. That yeah, that they'll they'll be the they'll be the real deal. I think it'll be Texas and K State, and honestly, I think this speaks a little bit to OU just not being the greatest every year. I mean, just OU just has like not a not necessarily a fall from grace, but a momentary like setback here for a year or two, which is what every school usually does. Just OU usually reloads and doesn't rebuild. So, with that being said, former OU quarterback and before then Alabama quarterback, but former OU quarterback Jalen Hurts faces off against former Big Twelve. Texas Tech quarterback Patrick Mahomes this Sunday in the Super Bowl. How are you feeling? Chiefs, Eagles? Did would you have guessed this earlier in the season? Like week three, would you have gone, yeah, I could see this? Uh maybe. I mean, obviously you, you can't not see the Chiefs in there, or at least in the mix every year. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's gonna be a great Super Bowl. I don't know if I necessarily would have picked the Eagles to go, but they definitely looked like a team with a lot of potential. I mean, they made the playoffs last year. Uh, briefly, you know, but, but they still showed they were good enough to, to make the playoffs and Jalen hurts. I mean, talk about leaps and bounds. I mean, this year and, and going and getting AJ Brown uh, on draft night, like huge move, exciting move, splashy move. But I mean, it has paid off in spades. I mean, AJ Brown, Devonte Smith, I was skeptical of Devonte Smith coming into college just because of how small he is, but it is working like it's it's very difficult not to like the Eagles, even as a Cowboys fan. Like I have a tough time not just openly rooting for them in the Super Bowl. I, more than anything, I think it's going to be a great game. I mean, wh- when is the last time that we went into the Super Bowl and felt like it was basically a toss up? I mean, in my opinion, I mean, because the Chiefs, the Chiefs have a couple question marks health wise and the Eagles I mean, the, the, the biggest thing the Chiefs have going for them is that in the playoffs, they, they have beat 10 out of 10 competition with the possible exception of the Jags. But I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here going, they, he beat Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes did, which is not easy. You know, they easily could have lost that game, but they, you know, they pulled it out. Like you can't, you can't be mad, say what you will about the refs. Like either team could have won that game and the Chiefs did. Now the Eagles, on the other hand, they played a fourth string quarterback Mm-hmm. You know, and in that scenario, I think the score should have been about what it was, which I think was like 31 seven or it was. Um, yeah. And then before that, they played the Giants who have no playoff experience, you know, very scrappy team, overachieving team for sure, um, but capable of playing a good game and, and giving a good performance. So every win counts. But like the Eagles basically got a free pass into the Super Bowl with with the 49ers being on their fourth string quarterback. I mean, that's, that's, it's the truth. I mean, that, that like they could not throw a pass <laughs> like Christian McCaffrey could not single handedly win them that game. Not that he, not, not that they would have won. Like I, I certainly would have still picked the Eagles to win that game, even at full strength. But I mean, the chiefs, I don't know. It's like I said, I would, I would rather see the Eagles win just cause you can't, you can't argue with their rebuild. 
It was, it was like when they win the Super Bowl and then it's like, uh, they're starting to not be great. And then it's like, okay, fire, fire Doug Peterson, you know, we're blowing it up. And then it's like, oh wait, no, no, we're immediately good again. Like it was like, like we're dipping down, we're dipping down, like, okay, new coach, new quarterback, everything. And then it's like, okay. And immediately we're back. Like you can't even argue with that kind of success. I mean, and Howie Roseman, the, the GM, I mean, best in the biz, maybe best in the biz. Some maybe because that, that AJ Brown, AJ Brown this year, put up the most yards receiving for an English receiver ever. So getting them this off season was a great get having Devonte Smith on the other side. Great get. And then trusting in Jalen Hurts as much as they have and Nick Sirianni basically putting together an offense around him that just got him that good, that great, this quickly. When coming into the season, it was like, all right, well, we'll be Jalen Hurts or maybe Garner Minshew will end up having to, you know, get a couple snaps and add Jalen Hurts because Hurts just seemed like a very just kind of one-and-a-half-dimensional quarterback, right? Just he seemed like the guy who... He's way bigger and more physical than Lamar Jackson, but he's a running quarterback in that same, he needs to buy some time in the pocket. He needs to use his feet and mobility. We saw him play at OU in Alabama. We we know we know the MO with Jalen Hurts, but instead it was, oh my gosh, putting up over 250 rushing yards in a playoff game. Now, it was against the Giants, who they had already beat twice earlier on in the season. And, you know, I mean, they, had, they beat their last game of this regular season before playing them basically just straight up again. You know, it, that, that's overlooked, I think, a little bit. But when I look back at the at this Eagles season, I want to, like, slow my roll on, like, getting, like, Eagles hype. Because it's, okay, you lost to the Saints 10 to 20. All right, whatever. Like, didn't have didn't have hurts. Lost to the Cowboys in Dallas. Thanksgiving, excuse me, Christmas Eve by six. And Garden Minshew played pretty good but you lost an away game by six to the Dallas Cowboys who are also a playoff team like are you really am I really going to kill the Eagles over that one like no that would have been a hard game to win and if you had hurts maybe you do it's a toss-up but then you beat the Bears by five you know you beat the Giants you like blew them out earlier in December that Titans wins good but there's just several question marks I have through the season like you beat the Colts by one you know like yeah, that's tough. I think it's the NFL. I think I think any win counts. It's very difficult to win. Like th- this is not college football. We we are not subjecting the Eagles to the eye test. And honestly, if we did, I think they would look extremely good compared to the rest of the NFL. I mean, the the Eagles have looked more impressive winning winning some games than just about anybody. And I think there are definitely it, it's it's weird. It's a weird reversal. It's like the Chiefs on paper have been beating everyone in sight, particularly in their own division, you know, and it's, and now they're the ones where we're like, Oh, you know, can they get it together for this big game? Like I know um, like Hardman is out. Nicole Hardman is out. Um, Kadarius Tony is questionable. Like will, will, will Mahomes be able to get the ball to people? I absolutely think so. You know, I don't think this is going to be a 13 to three Super Bowl. I, you know, people are going to score some points and also the chief secondary arguably has been their one weak spot, you know, at times, not all the time, but at times. Um, so I, I think there's reasons to, to, to like the Eagles here. I mean, again, you can't really compare Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes when it comes to big game experience, but I mean, Jalen, Jalen Hurts strikes me as the guy who doesn't know what he doesn't know. And all he knows how to do is go out there and play as hard as he can, which he does seem to do. And he's not afraid to take shots. He's got guys around him that spread the field incredibly well. I mean, AJ Brown is at this point, he's, he's like a DK Metcalf type 
like body for me. Like he's that big of a guy who could, who's a mismatch against pretty much any defender. Another Ole Miss guy. Like what a pair those were. I mean, crazy to think about. But yeah, I like the Eagles. I like the Eagles. I, I don't. It'd be tough for me to bet on them. Like I think it's it's practically a pick 'em right now. I think the Eagles are a point favorite, but. I don't feel strongly. I'm just rooting for a great game, and it's very tough to root for Jackson Mahomes. That I will say. Hard very, to root for Jackson Mahomes. Very, very tough on that aspect for sure. <laughs> I. The reason why I'm skeptical on the Eagles when I'm looking at it here and thinking, putting some thought into it, is the regular season's all right. All right, it's, it's an NFC regular season. You're playing NFC teams that are not the best quarterbacks in the league. Their best quarterbacks in the league are all in the AFC. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, by the numbers, yeah, you know, more in the AFC than the AFC. Really, the Tom, goat, Tom Brady. Well, this year wasn't his best year. I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> I kid, I kid. You know, I mean, I mean, Dak Aaron Prescott Rogers to the AFC now. Maybe so join that list of great AFC quarterbacks. We'll, we'll see, we'll see. TBD, but uh, just like uh, I mean, Russell Wilson joined. Look what happened to him. But that's true. The AFC curse. Some are saying. Some some are saying. See now, so some people have gone the reverse. Like Drew Brees, he went AFC to NFC, and then he won his Super Bowl. Lost it. So you never know. Not that he it's possible either way. But the Eagles' defense played so incredibly good against the Giants and the Niners, the two other teams they played this year. And the Niners, it's like, all right, four-string quarterback. Like, I don't know how to gauge that game. Like, you know, I mean, is the Niners' defense just really not as good as I thought they were, and the Eagles were able to put up 31? Or is it just well, a really big were- factor that, like, Eagles were able to control the game almost from the get go because they didn't have their because the Niners didn't have their quarterback. I mean, well, they, in the field position. I mean, the the field the position battle was just yeah. The Niners' defense really good. Like you can't take anything away from them because Eagles were constantly set up with short fields. They even had, right. I think they had a, a strips or a, a scoop and score. I, I believe yeah, they, yeah, off of uh, Johnson mm-hmm. the quarterback. But well, and then then the Giants game. That's the one where I'm like, all right, so like, let me look through this. Like, what's you know, what's the deal here? Thirty eight to seven in a playoff game. Like, all right, that's that's a divisional opponent. We know how hard it is from just watching Big Twelve sports, where basically there's only ten teams, so you have to play your own team almost always. You have to play them again in the championship. It's so hard to beat a team three times in one season. The Eagles did it. They beat the Giants three times. And hats off to them. I mean, they they won 38 to 7. It wasn't a game. I mean, I thought it would be some type of a game. I thought Daniel Jones would be able to do some similar things he was able to do in the regular season. It wasn't even close. It wasn't get close from the get-go. And honestly, it just 38 to 7 is is enough set on it. So the, is this an Eagles team that has been tested and it's just really just blown everyone out of the water when they've been tested? Or they haven't really been tested on the defense side of it? Offensively, I think they offensively putting up 31 points on the Niners. That's incredible. Like, like you're saying, right? Like you had easier, you had, you had easier situations, a little bit easier to field, but you put up 31 and 38 points in two playoff games against two playoff teams. Like the rest of it, I don't need to even give context to. That's incredible. That's, that's really well done. Sure. But to me, it comes to, all right, this Eagles defense, how good is it? Because Mahomes is the guy to pick apart every defense. Always. And I don't I don't think that, you know, I don't think the Niners and the Giants were having great offensive games at all where they were really testing the Eagles defense. I agree. I mean, I I think the Eagles the Eagles defense will absolutely give give Mahomes some trouble. And I mean, if it's not just up on the front, you know, there I mean the Eagles defensive front is scary good. 
Like it's scary good. They can dominate anybody on any play if they want to. Now, that being said, <laughs> the Eagles defense has not faced a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, just as he has not faced the defensive front like theirs. So, I, I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's almost like the Eagles, they're almost on autopilot just playing great football. Like I, the Eagles might be in the in the mode of just not caring who their opponent is, almost just playing football in a vacuum, getting out there and just putting together a high-powered offense and a suffocating defense because that's what they know how to do. I think for the Chiefs, I think they're going into each game a little more individually. And I think this is this is just an impression that I get, but I feel like the Chiefs, just, just given their results and their schedule, it's almost like they figure out how to beat every team one at a time. You know, every every team, it's like they, they found a way to win that game against the Bengals. Like they found a way to win multiple games against the Chargers this year. They They find a way. And they're extremely good at that. So, and I'm not saying they're not going to find a way to beat the Eagles because they obviously could. But the Eagles are sitting here just not really worrying about anybody else, not worrying about who they're playing. They said, oh, we, you know, (laughs) there's not not an NFL quarterback across from us right now. There's a fourth string quarterback. We're not going to change a thing. We're going to continue passing the ball until we have a lead. And then we're going to run the ball and we're going to let the clock run out. Cause that's how we know how to win games and it works. So I'm it's, it's really tough to pick against Andy Reed and Patrick Mahomes, but I sure hope the Eagles take it. You do. You're rooting for the Eagles. I think I am rooting for the Eagles. Do you think if you, if I'm, if I'm going, I, all right, you got to put a hundred bucks on one or the other. Who do you mean? That's tougher. That that's so that that's cause I, as a, as a fellow growing up Cowboys fan, yeah. but more recently, of course, Chargers fan here. I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm, I like the Eagles. Like if the Eagles win it all. I might be like, all right, well the Cowboys, like you know, like they, the Cowboys faced like a great team this season. I, I could, I could make, I can make the argument either way, um, you know, or the Chargers did or whatever, right? I, I like the Chiefs in this game though. I think the Chiefs have the ability to win. I think Mahomes has been the guy, and I think it's honestly still getting to Mahomes that he didn't do it last year. Um, and with two weeks off of the high angle sprain and stuff. Oh yeah, you know, I don't. I think I think Mahomes is a hundred percent. I think he's good for yeah. the, for the record. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I, don't, any I, don't, of the I, don't I don't think the ankle sprain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was it, it was serious when he hurt his ankle, like clearly. But, but if not Chad Henney can get to you, keep him from playing, but if Chad Henney can get you a ninety nine yard TD drive against an NFL defense, let's say it that way, an NFL defense ninety yard TD drive. Also, I think a Jacksonville's defense is pretty is decent. A good one. Then anything's possible. Anything, anything's possible. I, I will not you know, hear otherwise. Patrick Mahomes is 100%. He's good. Yeah. Yes. He's he's ready to perform. I, I do think, too, like uh, Phoenix. How do we feel about Phoenix for a Super Bowl city? So last year, you, you may remember this. I went to the Fiesta Bowl. Okay, yeah. So I saw Oklahoma State play same against Notre Dame in this yeah. exact same stadium. And then, of course, just a couple weeks later, I saw SoFi host Super Bowl. Super yeah, Bowl. right here in L.A. I am... Weirded out that the Super Bowl has been hosted in Phoenix and Glendale. That so. stadium pales in comparison to other oh, NFL yeah. stadiums anywhere. I mean, Let alone I, I mean, I've ones. seen yeah. I and I've seen the the amount of NFL games that I've seen is uh, mainly Chargers and Rams games. But I've never seen a game in Jerry World besides Oklahoma State play. I've never really? seen a game. I've never seen an NFL game outside of SoFi Stadium. I don't 
think I'm wrong, uh, and Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. So to me, if if you're saying the Super Bowl is in Allegiant Stadium in Vegas, it's in Dallas, it's in uh, New Orleans. I think Mercedes, I've been there for as well for a grand another college football game. But I'm not trying to I'm not trying to say Glendale is a bad place or is a bad stadium. Yeah, yeah you're saying it's, the stadium it's just great. It's just not a tier one stadium. And I feel like Super Bowl should be held in tier one stadiums. Like from everything I've seen about like US Bank Field in Minnesota, it just looks incredible. Sure. It's kind of like, oh man, like what kind of like it it's just an aging stadium. It's a it's, football it's field not, in a building. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's not it's not much more than what, that. Yeah. Have we talked before about like the like this would be a great deal of if we did like drafting the top five stadiums, you know, for each sport. But have you like you seen a game before like Chase Field in uh, maybe named something different yeah, yeah. now in Arizona? Huh? It's a big warehouse with a baseball stadium in it. I like it. It's it's but it's but it's a huge like it's it's like because it's all inside. It is a giant, it's retractable, it, but it's all inside most of the time. All right. It is a it is a huge building. Yeah, yeah, tall too. Really tall. I don't feel like SoFi is like a huge building. I feel like no, it's it a, is. Yeah, it, but it is. I think you're bugging. I think it is. Yeah. Okay. Because okay. AT&T is great. I, I honestly probably enjoy watching a game at AT&T, like Jerry World, more yeah. than more than SoFi. But you can't go to, you can't go to SoFi and not go, this is incredible. How did they build this? Well, uh, like it, no, no. It's begging to host the Super Bowl. And they did it, you know, they seem to do a good job and everything. I, I do think, like, like Phoenix, uh, the golf in Phoenix is probably why half of these people are are going to the Super Bowl. Because they're like, it's, it's it's the perfect Super Bowl and golf trip. You know? Waste management opens this weekend as well. That's right. You'll be there, won't I'll you? I'll be there on yeah. Saturday, yeah. So that's exciting. I mean, it's, 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 I agree with you. It's not a top-tier NFL stadium, but it okay. is a top-tier NFL weather city. Which is 110%. Probably, 110%. I mean, that's, that's half the battle right there. That's why Tampa hosts Super Bowls. I mean, and and I guarantee that's, well, I won't guarantee. They have a pirate ship. And and Arizona. Miami hosts some Super Bowls. You know, Hard Rock. Hard Rock's yeah, I mean, there yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Hard Rock's, Hard Rock's decent. They have the F1 deal now, too, true. every year. True, true. Um, anyway, yeah. I just, it's, it's, it's not, yeah. I don't know the last time it was in Arizona. I, I, I can never remember, like, which game was in which city, but. It's definitely in the rotation, but I wonder, like, is that one that's going to get phased out now that we have Vegas and, and L.A. venues? Is Arizona going to keep getting Super Bowls? I don't know. Maybe we'll see how this one goes. All right. So I, I can ask you here. Do you know where the next Super Bowl is after this one? I actually think it might be in Vegas. 110% correct. It yeah. Is. Okay. And then 2025 has been scheduled as well. Do you want to take a guess? It, it's a wild guess, but it's New Orleans. Is it New Orleans? Yeah, okay. to that ten. No, yeah, no, that yeah, was that was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Shot in the dark. Yeah. Should I try to guess the next one? Just, just there, for fun. Uh, it's not listed, so I have no idea where it is. But right, well, you, you heard could. it here first, guys. It's gonna be Miami. You heard it here. Miami's getting the twenty twenty five Super Bowl. I'd go Dallas at this point because Dallas hasn't hosted in a couple of, a couple of years now. So That's I'd true. go Dallas. Uh, I think the last time Dallas had it, it, there was an ice storm. So then, so then, uh, so they so they haven't had it back. Yeah, because last time Dallas hosted was Arlington, and it was, uh, I don't do Roman numerals super well, but I think it was uh, 2011. It was uh, 2011. I think it was Aaron Rodgers' Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure. XLV. XLV. I don't know. 45? Super Bowl 45? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I I should be able some, to do that much someone uh, someone fact-check that. I, I, I mean, <laughs> someone I with a laptop, Calvin. 
That's right here. I uh, think uh, yeah. I'll head up the intern here. Yeah, yeah. Our intern Steve. Yeah, uh, intern Steve, intern Glenn. Um, I I would be shocked if the Super Bowl is back in Glendale in the next ten years. And I don't know exactly how and, that works. Like, like, is there? Are they in? Do they have a contract? You know, like for the next twenty five years. You know, we are, we get every, but I, but I guess they individually do each bid. So it's not technically a rotation. It's not like they take turns. I don't know. I'd be curious. We'll do some research. We'll, we'll talk about it next time. It, it, and also your memory was incredible here. It was the Packers and they beat the Steelers. There you go. That was well, yeah, I also the six seed Green Bay Packers. Because Houston hosted a Super Bowl also. Mm-hmm. Which it was, it was not while I lived there, but 2017. 2017, who would that have been? So the 20 LI? Like, uh, I don't know. Which one helped you? <laughs> wait, it's in. Wait, was it Rams Patriots? Or was it. Did the Eagles. I, did the Eagles win the Super Bowl in Houston? Wait, did they? That'd the be Eagles might have won the Super Bowl in Houston. Because I think. I, I remember seeing something about that, maybe with the Phillies Astros World Series, just like Houston, Houston, Philly sports moments. Gosh. Yeah, it's Super Bowl LI. Um, oh, LI. That's uh, sorry. I thought you were saying LA. I got you. Yeah, fifty-one. No. Yeah, yeah. Super Bowl fifty-one. Yeah, but that was that was Patriots Falcons. Oh, twenty-eight-three. Of course. No, that was the, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, you're yeah, correct. Yeah. That was not the final score of the game, but yes, correct. you're correct. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I was too eager to try to tell you no, you're wrong for something because <laughs> I just wanted to be right. But yeah, this um, has just been a, a Super Bowl memory test. So, yeah. uh, and, and shortly, you know, uh, quick here, I know we're, we, we're running out of time, but uh, Super Bowl halftime. Rihanna? Rihanna. Big Just, ups, props. I, I like it. Let's, good, good, good deal. Rooting for Rihanna. You know, it's, it's nice to have an artist that, I mean, that will probably know every song. I mean, Rihanna just has so many hits for like the last 15 years. Like, so, so last quiz question for you here, because this is what oh, caught boy. me off guard here. Well, we'll see how my recall is. Dude, but well, this is just a, I don't know if recall is going to help you out. Um, how old is Rihanna? <laughs> can I give you, can I give you an over under sure. instead? Do you want to do that instead? No, no, I'll try and guess. I'll try and guess. Okay, okay. Um, All right. Because this, this one was something where I was like, okay, like, oh, Rihanna, like I know all of her music, I think, you know, all the, yeah. you know, like, all right, like since Rihanna like entered the music scene or whatever, like, all right, I, I've been around, you know, like I. I is she 34? Nail on the head. Yep. Really? Yeah, let's go. I knew yeah. I was in the zone because because I think she I think she came on the scene in like 2007, 2007 ish. You know, so if she if she's been putting out music for 15, 16 years, I mean, your yeah. memory your memory is one of those that's just impeccable here. Rihanna's <laughs> third album, Good Girl Gone Bad, 2007, hey. established her. In the music industry. That's, that's, I'm literally reading the Wikipedia article. The chart topping single Umbrella earned her first Grammy award in, I I mean, that, that is. Hey, the tour does not get enough credit for being a pop culture podcast as well. It does not. It's a, (laughs) it's a podcast unlike any other. And that's why. Yeah. It's not Um, just big 12 sports and occasional NFL and NBA. I won't even talk about the NBA. Talk about a big you know, 48 hours. Oh my day. gosh. Yeah. But, this, uh, if you listen to this podcast, this was recorded Thursday, February 9th, 
And the NBA trade deadline has just wrapped up. I'm trying to find out some guests for later tonight even to try to get through the whole NBA trade deadline before I head off to Scottsdale, Arizona tomorrow for the Waste Management Open. And it's just one of those things. ZJ Tour is covering a wide range of topics. I made a joke earlier this week about, um, you know, I'm not going to quiz anyone over ice skating. But who knows? Maybe that's our niche at the end of the day. I don't know. Okay. Um, really am joking on that one specifically. So don't be worried. There's we'll no, see. there's no we'll ice see. skating content coming, but never say never. Ne- <laughs> I think, it's uh, not. yeah, no, I mean, th- it's exciting, man. It's super bowl week. It's, it's super Thursday as, as I'm coining it. I don't know if it, we already had super Tuesday, right. With the, uh, college basketball. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's just a great time to be a football fan, but it's also a time of, it's a time of mourning for football because, after Sunday, I mean, it's pretty much going to be lights out until the draft, which is one of the best days of the year. But we're almost out of football, and it's sad. We're almost done with football. We are. Um, that that is true. I want I want to ask you this last question here before we end up the podcast. What is the best thing you to, to steal an SVP segment? The best thing about the NFL season this year in your eyes? The best thing I saw this best, year. Best thing you saw this year in the NFL. Or best, just best Ooh. moment NFL this year. I can go first if you want me to. Sure. I'll think um, about it for a second. Yeah. Uh, best best moment in my mind was the... Uh, it's it's hard not to say this one at the end of the day, but it was the NFL canceling the Bengals-Bills game. Okay. After the DeMar Hamlin injury. Monday night. Yeah. Just realizing at the end of the day, money doesn't rule all. There's a human's life that was in jeopardy here and canceling the rest of the game and and figuring out a way to go, guys, people are going to get their tickets back, you know, and and just not humanizing the sport. You know, I, I, yeah, everyone's gone on about that for a while, but I think that if I hadn't said that, I'd feel bad. But then again, I also know that there's just plenty other happy moments, right? That one's one where it was a possible tragic moment that turned into a happy moment at the end of the day, Samar Hamlin. Except an award last night on you know behalf of the NFL, right? So that one's a great moment to come back to and think about. But what do you I mean? What do you what do you think? Well, now I mean I can't compete with that. That's no that's no really no. Good. But yeah. that's but that's a sentimental but aspect. Really, I'm yeah, not asking uh, necessarily on the sentimental <clears throat> aspect though. Well, I'll 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 throw in a um, you know a just a, a piece of of solidarity with with that. I mean, you also had the whole to a situation like, like I think myself and everyone else watching football. In fact, I I think that was a, was that a Monday night football game also, or maybe a Thursday night game. I've been Thursday. uh, Yeah. Yeah. To a, I mean, to his concussion, like scary, like same deal. Like everyone just relieved that he was okay. And I think to your point, um, you know, that doesn't make it, this doesn't make it a great moment, but it does kind of contrast it with yours where it's like everyone kind of, uh, everyone got after the NFL rightly so and, and to the dolphins for how they handled that whole Tua situation. So I think you're right. I think it speaks to DeMar Hamlin more that they said, Hey guys, like we can't take a chance. We got to shut this down. Like we got to focus on, on what's really good. So, um, yeah, I mean, I agree a lot of, a lot of good, uh, good examples of people coming together. Um, if, if you want a pure football, a pure football one, which to be honest, that's where my brain went. So mm-hmm. I apologize. I, I, I no, wish no. I had prepared a more meaningful one, but I mean the Vikings bills game and an afternoon game, like legitimately the best game of the year. 
and I would have to look up what week it was. You know, it was it was mid season ish, but this was before everyone knew the Vikings were frauds, and they went in there and beat the Bills in what, the most exciting game of the year by far. Justin Jefferson, insane catch, like minutes after Stephon Diggs had. An equally impressive catch, in my opinion, although it got overshadowed almost immediately. Um, but I just remember watching that game, just not wanting it to end. And it was the only game still going in that afternoon slot. Like it was, it was football at its best. It was really great. And the 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 Vikings, like everyone was wondering if they were for real. They eventually win that game, unless my memory is completely, <laughs> completely betraying me, and they did not. But like. That was, I mean, that was, that was the best of the NFL on the field this year, in my opinion. And Kirk Cousins was involved in the game. So shout out to Kirk Cousins for being involved in the best game of the year. And you know what? I actually, if we're talking about that as well, the Vikings Colts game, December 17th. True. The I had to look it up a little bit here. 39, 36 in overtime. NFL record. It's just insane. Biggest comeback. There were a ton of great NFL moments this year. Um, but with that being said, Patrick, thanks so much for joining me here on the latest episode of the CJ Tour podcast. Please follow at the CJ Tour on Twitter and Instagram for more. And uh, follow Patrick uh, on Twitter as well, too. I'll tag yeah. you in the comments here below. Thanks yeah. a lot. Of course. Thanks so much for joining. And we'll, uh, we'll catch you guys again soon.